This is a podcast from SPH Radio. Welcome to Much Ado About Sports, where we explore the roles of industry experts in the APAC region and how their respective organizations are adapting to the market. In Tales of the 6-5, we'll chat with Singaporeans who are shaking up the sports industry. All this while debating current issues in sport. Much Ado About Sports with Adrian Abraham. On this episode, Suresh Lechmanen, Managing Director of Borussia Dortmund Asia Pacific, describes how the club identifies key sponsorships in the region and how digital media has helped the club take its fan base to the next level. Suresh, great to have you on this episode. How are you doing? Thank you, Adrian. Very well. It's been a pleasure to be on board with you guys, and I'm feeling pretty good. Now, let's start right at the beginning of your journey with Borussia Dortmund. You joined the club in October 2014. Talk us through that journey. Wow, this is a while back, probably five and a half years ago. I was actually working for an agency then called Dentsu and I had an appointment with representatives of Borussia Dortmund. And I was then working out of my Kuala Lumpur office. I established a, an office in Kuala Lumpur. And I had a call from Dortmund and saying that, hey, Suresh, you know, we met a couple of months ago and we were looking to establish some presence in Asia. And we would like to have you come on board as the person that would probably lead us here in Asia. And I was like, nah, this can't be true. Come on. I mean, what would the possibility of someone hiring me? And yeah, of course, I, I'm familiar with football. I was obviously overwhelmed. I was baffled actually, when I had the call from uh, the representatives from the club. I was actually in Brazil on my way back from a, a World Cup activation during in 2014. And then I met the management team from Borussia Dortmund and we sat down for a, a good two hours. And then they decided, yes, Suresh, we would really like to put an offer to you and would you like to uh, come on board? And I was like, oh yeah, of course, this is a nice opportunity and it's a dream for me to, to work for a football club. I didn't get that privilege or chance to fulfill my footballing career. So I thought this could be a nice second bite of the cherry for me. And I was taken to Dortmund. I was welcomed by the management team from, from Dortmund and a certain Jürgen Klopp. And of course, we posted and received by someone so prominent in the footballing world like Jürgen Klopp, uh, an absolute dream for me as well. I mean, he extended his invitation to come to meet the team in training and it was so unreal. And then rolling forward now six years and being here, being still here in the club, I wouldn't even substitute this with anything else in my life right now. And there's a feel-good factor about being associated with Borussia Dortmund. I remember the last time we spoke, you described the club as the people's club and the yellow wall and all these other elements. So how has Borussia Dortmund broken into the Southeast Asian market and really spread its wings to cover all parts of Southeast Asia? I think the most important thing for us as a club was to identify all the lowest hanging fruits, as we would call it. We do have really, really top global partners and the partners that Dortmund had uh, had a really, really good presence here in Southeast Asia. Predominantly, our major sponsor, which is Evonik, is one of the most decorated companies in its industry. And they had their APAC head office operating out in Singapore. And that's where our office or the Dortmund office is currently operating from. So that was one of the key aspects of how we got involved uh, or rather selected Singapore as a key market for us. Then we have Puma. Puma also had its APAC office in Singapore. As you know, Puma has 
a 5% share in the club and it makes sense for us to be close to the likes of Puma and Ivonic. At the same time, the DFL was established a year before us and they had an office as well in Singapore. And that's one of the key fundamentals of why and how we got ourselves associated to Singapore uh, slash Southeast Asia. And at the same time, we also had our commercial partner or commercial agency, uh, Lagadere Sports, and they have been our partner for quite some time and they also have their APAC office operating out Singapore. So there are four really, really key organizations that were pivotal to the decision-making process for us being here in Singapore. And let's talk a little bit about TikTok and Borussia Dortmund. I mean, given the current situation with the pandemic, we've seen a rise in TikTok users and subscribers. So how has this partnership really helped the club take its fan base engagement to the next level? I mean, as an exciting club like Dortmund with many young players and many young fans from many different countries, we have to remain creative and innovative, especially in the digital world. And with social media, we will need to intensify with our reach and produce good, exciting content. Having TikTok on board definitely provides a wider audience and at the same time build new fans. We did the same for the Line application in Japan, which was obviously, we had a huge following in Japan, as you know, the same with China, with WeChat and Weibo. And we felt that with TikTok, I mean, it's the audience for TikTok is much younger. We have a young team and they are also very much involved with personal social media platforms and a majority of them are English-speaking fans. So we felt that with TikTok and with the technology, we would like to also maintain the same social media platforms as we did with Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. So I would say we mirror our success across all the other platforms and TikTok is no different from the rest. Yes, and you did mention a young, exciting squad that Dortmund currently has, I mean, competing with Leipzig and Bayern Munich for the Bundesliga title. So if you compare the German clubs and Dortmund with, well, let's say the big boys when it comes to the financial impact of these clubs in the world, how does a club like Borussia Dortmund uh, deal with the financial challenges of competing with some of the other clubs, particularly when it comes to TV revenue and sponsorships? What makes Dortmund different? I think first and foremost, it's a level playing field when it comes to securing partnerships and sponsorships in and around the region. So, of course, we have to go in, compete with the other clubs. But what's most important with Dortmund is we have our own strategy in place where we procure new business opportunities. I think this is fundamental for us and we run our own race. We're not competing with the likes of the Liverpools and the Real Madrid and the Barcelonas of this world. We have a unique brand and a strong fan culture, which makes us different from the other clubs. We have the best stadium in the world that draw a record crowd in every home match. We have bright and young talents like Jaden Sancho, Erling Haaland, Joe Reyna, Dan Axel Zagadou, Ashraf Hakimi. The list goes on. Which shows that we believe in our youth system and this unique selling point does give our prospective partners some additional elements to think about. We also have a very unique feature called virtual advertising, which is an overlay that provides brands with their brand visibility and positioning that is one of its kind for all our home Bundesliga matches. Hence, we do have our own strength in the marketplace. So as far as TV revenues are concerned, we are pleased that the DFL are paving ways to secure the best deals in the region. And we need as much coverage as we can here in Asia. As you know, we're competing with the Premier League in terms of viewership, with La Liga and with Serie A. 
But I think it's a competitive market and I'm confident that the DFL is doing a great job to broaden its reach. And with timings as well, when the matches do happen, particularly out here in Southeast Asia, the timings are very different to what is, say, back home in Germany or in England. How have, say, the Bundesliga really helped try and make it so that the audience here can watch the matches more freely without worrying about going to bed early or worrying about staying up too late, mainly with the Bundesliga and Dortmund. Are there a lot of challenges the club has faced in terms of not attracting the right audiences, particularly out here? Yeah, I think this is something that the club's presence, I mean, offices here in Asia have also voiced out their concerns back to, for example, to the DFL. It is important that there is good TV slot times for the matches, but it's difficult to compete with the Premier League, for example, because they have good kickoff times at 7.30 local time. And for us, especially for the bigger matches, like when we play Bayern Munich or even RB Leipzig, the matches are past midnight. And it's a challenge for us, obviously, and they know, but also a situation where they need to also consider the domestic markets in Germany and Europe because that's obviously the bread and butter for them and to play much earlier time slot at 12 noon as some of the Premier League clubs are playing it's not ideal for fans to come to the stadium but I think this is still a work in progress I think everyone is still hoping that we have times that are favorable to us here in Asia but I don't see any immediate changes for now but that's the reason why we have selected matches for example is when we play Schalkenhofia the matches are telecasted at 10 latest 11 p.m. Singapore time, which is, I think, 3 p.m. kickoff time or 4 p.m. in Germany, which is still workable and doable. But it's these matches that obviously attract viewers and fans of the Bundesliga. But if you've got a North London derby like Arsenal, Tottenham, and then you've got Dortmund playing Augsburg or Dortmund playing Mainz, I think you probably would know exactly that the fans here in Asia would probably want to watch a North London derby. But again, it's still, like I said, a work in progress for us. And it's something that we hope at least the league could accommodate certain preferable times for us in Asia. In conversation with Suresh Lechmanin, Managing Director for Borussia Dortmund Asia Pacific. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to stay up late to watch the likes of Jaden Sancho, Haaland, Hakimi? I mean, you did say the list goes on. Some of the best young talent that is out there in Europe. Borussia Dortmund, well, it looks like they're going to have to really fight to keep them all this summer. But that's the thing. I remember you saying you will not buy the next Messi. You will develop the next Messi within the club. And this dates way back to Mario Goetze, Marco Royce, and we've seen it with Christian Pulisic, and now the latest crop of players in the likes of Sancho and Haaland and Reina. It's a really exciting time for the club. Yep, absolutely. I think this is so important for us. I mean, we've lived with this motto of building talent and not buying talent. I think the academy guys are working really, really hard. And I'm very confident that the team or the club has already assembled the next Mario Goethe and the next Marco Royce in their books already. The academy teams have been champions in the domestic league from U16 all the way to U20, if I'm not wrong, or even U19. So they have been very successful in their domestic league. And the talent pool is ever-increasing and enlarging. Lodging. For example, Joe Reyna has now been brought into the first team. He was just playing for the U17 and the U19 team. The next thing you know, he's been roped in and recruited to play to be in the first team. And again, there is hope for young players that's training in the club. We've got the next top striker, whose name is Mokoko, who's up and ready to come to play for the first team. He's to be 16. An exciting talent and someone that everyone should watch out for. 
But this has been Dortmund's ethos. It's to develop young talents, to give them a chance to play. And that's why a lot of young players would like to come to Dortmund and to have a chance to play on the big stage. I mean, we're playing the Champions League and you can see the way Erling Haaland performed when we play against PSG. I mean, though we lost in a very unprecedented match in Paris, but the home game, you could see he was a breath of fresh air. He was enthusiastic. He was dominant. He was really there to perform as a first team player. And without even looking back and saying that he's a young player, but he knows he's got the talent, he's got the ability, and he's able to do it. And that's the thing with our coaches, with our scouts, they believe in the young players. And that's what Dortmund is all about. Yeah, I mean, he has been the breakout star of this season by a country mile, to say the least. Now, back home in Asia, this partnership with InstaForex, how has this partnership with the online trading company been beneficial to fans in Asia and the Commonwealth of Independent States, would you say? The partnership with InstaForex was a partnership that inculcates the use of new technology. And as you know, during this current challenging times, technology is now vastly being used. I think everyone who's sitting at home is glued to their respective devices. And the thing with InstaForex is that the use of new technology that you will see that they are using primarily for messages being broadcast on our digital billboard. So this is important because, as I mentioned early on with virtual advertising, they have specific target markets. So we could one for North Asia, one for Southeast Asia and Japan, there's one for North America and the rest of Africa, and there's one for Europe. So we have what's important as well is we use technology on this billboard and we entice and we try to target consumers and fans. So we put together prize giveaways to our fans in Asia. So when they watch the games, they have certain messages where they could act on so that they'll give them a chance to win signed memorabilia or even a possibility to visit our stadium in Dortmund. There's also what was missing, unfortunately, was there was an opportunity to engage with InstaForex with the fans here in Asia for the proposed Asia tour, which unfortunately did not take place this time round. And we hope to see this materialize in the next season because we didn't get the chance to be in Asia. We've missed Asia for the last two years and we hope that we could come back here as soon as we can. Dortmund did come here a few years ago, but I think it was just to train, if I'm not mistaken. 215, I mean, that was my, I would say, my first big project when I joined Dortmund. And to have the team here in 215, they were staying in the Merit Hotel and a lot of the young players. I mean, we had the likes of Gunduan, we had Nuri Shahin, Pierre-Emerick Obama-Young, Henrik Mkhitaryan. I mean, these players were all here in Singapore and they had a nice opportunity to visit the beautiful city of ours. But we couldn't cross the game, unfortunately, because the Premier League Asia Trophy was going on during that time. And we also had an obligation and a relationship with Johor Southern Tigers, which we had our first club partnership in Malaysia. And I think it was a huge culture shock for most of the players because a lot of them have never traveled to Asia, let alone Singapore or Malaysia. So it was first time to try out new cuisine, to have a sense of association with different ethnic cultures and to try and see different cultures in play, temple visits. And this was something that they've never experienced in their life. And you're talking about 19, 20, 21 year old players. Julian Weigel was in the team as well. Very young boy at that time. And now they are obviously well experienced and well traveled, but at least they would have a chance to come out from Europe or at least Germany and to experience something they've never experienced in their life before. And that was something that I would love to repeat or have that repeated for this year but then with the current pandemic it's never gonna be realized but we are confident that we hope that the team will come back next year and let's finally talk about grassroots football initiative with world one sports in india with a population of 1.3 billion people and i'm sure when you did get this job india was definitely i mean it had to be one of your sort of main points because 
it almost has a cult-like following after cricket, I would say, is football. We've seen it with the Indian Super League. What were the challenges in securing this partnership and what can we expect heading into the future? I think India has always been a good breeding ground for grassroots football. I think that's something we all need to admit. And we have painstakingly monitored the market for a good three to four years. When I first took office in 2014, India wasn't on our immediate plan. But we saw on the second and third year that there were really good development programs from grassroots that need a little bit of tweaking. So when ISL was at its infancy in the initial year, we were looking at why do the clubs, the ISL, were not ready to start grassroots football or youth football. So the I-League was doing a bit more because if you look at the clubs like Mohan Bagan and all these clubs, they have history of footballing talent over the years. And we had to do a lot of groundwork and research on Indian football. And we saw there were plenty of schools, amateur clubs and academies that are running grassroots programs. And unfortunately, these academies and schools, they're basically doing this in the confines of their own curriculum. And they sort of lack some basic professional structure and guidance. And we thought this could be a nice opportunity for us to go in. I think the other clubs were going in more for other opportunities, commercially driven opportunities or even professional club opportunities. But Dortmund decided to take two steps back and look at grassroots. And we were fortunate enough to be able to work with World One Sports, who are currently working with 200 schools over the whole of India, promoting their somewhat baby league as they call it. We as a top European club have to conceptualize a program for school teachers, PE teachers, sports coaches to execute with the help and guidance of our government coaches the basic training program of youth football. Currently we are embarking with W1 Sports the program in the northeast. As you know, loads of talented footballers are coming from the likes of Mizoram, Assam, where there's been abundance of really young talented players and kids and we hope to show and guide them the BBB way or the Dortmund way. But I would really say there are a lot more exciting projects coming up for India and we were actually planning a Legends match in March this year which obviously didn't materialise but there are really good projects brewing up in India and please watch this space. India will be a big one. It certainly will be. Thank you so much Suresh for your input and giving us all the latest to do with Borussia Dortmund and its commercial partnerships and look forward to catching up soon. Thanks Adrian for the opportunity and it was a pleasure speaking with you and it was great fun. Much Ado About Sports is a production of SPH Radio. It's hosted and produced by Adrian Abraham. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Podcast, and streaming on Google Home. Listen to more of our podcasts at sphradio slash podcast. And if you have feedback for us, send it to podcast at sph.com.sg.